to be like the only Hispanic or Central American at the long distance events to kind of do what I did at there was pretty amazing because being in the athlete village, like all the Spanish speaking countries from people from like South America to Central America were like, wanted to like say, hey man, you did a really good job like dabbing me up and just yeah, shaking yeah. hands. Like, hey man, you're such an inspiration. Like, like I know people say like, oh, I'm so sorry for you. I'm sorry you're in this effed up situation. But to be I don't look at it that way. To be honest, I didn't like the person who I was becoming, if I'm being honest with you guys. And I feel like I needed some change and I didn't feel like myself. And in terms of like, not renting, of course, but like just, you know, physically and mentally. Are you saying that America is soft? Is, is that what yeah. I'm Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Honestly. I'm Joshua Potts, Mr. Possible, always with the brother with the same mother, Aaron Potts, super hot Potts, and you're watching and listening to your favorite two black runners every single two black two. Let's go, friend of the show, on the podcast today. Had to get super excited on that one, Joshua. I feel like my vocals are getting better, low key. Like a little bit, bro. Have you been taking lessons, or what's going on? I mean, we've done this like over a hundred times now, so I think I don't know. I think I'm my voice is just adjusting. (laughs) My karaoke better on point. Go on episode 102, joined with a great guest. His first interview since his fantastic finish at the World Championships. But even before then, this dude was a beast at Armijo High School out of Fairfield, Going back. California. We got three California guys on the podcast, which is always really good for us, man. A Hoka yes. athlete, part of the NAU legacy. He was part of three of those championships at NAU, the Lumberjacks in cross country and now he is a fourth place finisher at the world championships in the 5,000 meters for guatemala docker recipient representing he's inspiring a whole generation of people everywhere luis grajava is joining us on the podcast i don't feel like i'm, I'm hyped with it. it's Lil, it's nah, that was, that was nice <laughs> like keep going like this is, this is tight Aaron. this is cool this i think that cool. was a good intro bro i think you 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 got some good stats in there for sure Hey, I have to let him know. Luis, how's it going, bro? Going good. Yeah, that intro was, uh, you know, outstanding. I uh, 10 out of 10. That was, uh, <laughs> that was a good one. The, your vocals are getting better. And, like, yeah, you guys are really dialed in and tuned in. But uh, I'm doing great. Just in, up in Flagstaff right now. Just still running and just uh, hanging out. It's monsoon season in Flagstaff. So just trying to take coverage from the thunderstorms and the, the rain and just coming down pretty hard. But <laughs> doing good. Do you have like anything planned in August or September to race? Or are you kind of just kind of chilling, getting some easy miles in with the boys? Yeah. So the plan was to after Worlds, I, to be honest, I thought I was going to take a take a big break. But um, uh-huh. there's a chance that I might go to Brussels for the Diamond League race. Let's in, go. In Belgium. And um, there's a chance that I might be able to go. I'm in. I'm inside the meet already. But the hard part mm-hmm. is kind of uh, leaving the U.S. So. But I think there's a big chance that I might be able to go, and that's in September 2nd, so like coming up on a little bit less than three weeks or stuff. So. But uh, that's the plan for now. Yeah, run uh, Brussels, another 5K, and then just kind of shut it down from there and kind of take a really big break because, uh, in all honesty, uh, I'm motivated and excited about the training, but at the same time, 
I kind of want to be doing some some cool stuff this summer and just kind of be exploring, hiking, and just go to these different places. But for now, uh, just chilling in Flagstaff until then. But it's been good so far. I've been doing a lot, so it's always and good. Like, to- you you've been running for like a good minute. This season has been long for you. Uh, I remember seeing you all the way back at the Lilac Grand Prix, and you're running at, at Milrose. I remember you ran at uh the New York New York Grand Prix as well, uh the indoor New York Grand Prix at Staten Island as well, and then going all through the track season, everything. So I bet you're kind of fiending for a break a little bit, but definitely that's exciting to be able to, like the race one more time in a season where like man, you may be able to get under th- 13. I feel like yeah, it's been a long season. I mean. <clears throat> Technically, we started kind of like fall training and the first week of October. So, yeah, you go from October all the way to September. So almost coming up on a year. But, uh, no, it's been awesome. Like, honestly, like, yeah, this season has been unbelievable. And just the way how kind of things turned out towards the end of it was pretty special. And, yeah, hoping to run at Brussels if I could get in, hopefully. And then just I think I'm in uh, sub-13 shape for sure. And I think I'm in really good fitness. And to be honest, like, I've been having – kind of the best stretch of uh, workouts in my life so I've been feeling really confident within myself but also just like it feels like the workouts that I'm doing feels easy so that's always a good sign to when you're in good shape I think when you were at Worlds too everyone saw like the interview with Sidious Mag that you had <laughs> and then you and Abdi on the line the 5k you were one of the biggest stories like at Worlds like did you realize that in the moment or what was that what, what was that experience like yeah, it was unbelievable to be honest. Like, uh, so when Abdi made the team for for the U.S. and back in June, I was so super hyped for him because uh, I knew we we're gonna be going it through it together. But um, yeah, to watch his first race and then when he made the final, I was like, all right, I gotta make the final too. That way we could be in the same race together. But it's pretty unbelievable and kind of like a cool story to tell because um, yeah, you know, me and Abdi are really close and we're like brothers basically from another mother <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's just like, he's my boy, and I knew him since 2017, and we got really close, and um, yeah, we were roommates, we're best friends, basically, and we basically do everything together, and just, yeah, to be on the line right next to him, more than anything, was pretty special, and like, it's not, it's not like every day you can say, yeah, I was right next to my best friend at the World Championships at the starting line during, before the race, and that was um, definitely an experience I'm always going to remember, because uh yeah, it's not too often where I'm going to be standing right next to him because you never know with running. It's always up and down and anything can happen in running. But, uh, no, it was a crazy story to to have and pretty special to share with Abdi. And I really yeah. feel like, too, like at the semifinals you ran at the World Championships, like you you went out to the lead. You went out there 13-14. That was your fastest race of the season, the fast 5K that you ran. And, like, you ran with confidence. Like, you were gapping people, like, during the race. And I'm like, dang, man, Luis looks good. And then to have Abdi Hamid next to you on the line for the final, was that just the extra amount of peace and confidence just going into that final for you? Because you ran with a lot of confidence, what it seemed like. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, kind of the whole goal of this year was just you know, none of the races really matter unless until we got to Worlds. And, you know, I, I wasn't running so great early on in the summertime. I had a couple rough races kind of at the start of the outdoor season. But, um, you know, I knew if I, if I could at least make that final, that would be, yeah. that would like save the entire season basically. And, um, yeah, I just felt really confident within myself. You know, I was in Europe for about three weeks. I came back to Flagstaff just three weeks before Worlds and probably had some of the best um, 
stretch of like my running career of like in terms of working out and just feeling good and just feeling really strong. And I think those three weeks, I just felt really confident within myself of like, oh yeah, I can, I can know I can perform on the day that it really matters the most. And um, yeah, I think it just speaks highly about Coach Smith and about NEU. Like we show up to championship races and we show up when it really matters. And I think I take a lot of pride in that. But uh, in, in the prelim, I felt just super confident what I was doing and in my decisions. And like, I wasn't scared of anybody, to be honest. And I felt, I felt like I was running free and I was having a lot of fun with it, which, you know, you know, sometimes racing could be a little bit scary, but I think yeah. r- running, running, having fun with it uh, was probably like the biggest thing. And that's why I felt so calm and at ease when I got to the final. Yeah. You and Jacob just hyping up the crowd coming in doing it doing it for the fans and everything i was like dang okay luis luis yeah. feeling himself right now <laughs> i felt really good i mean i mean i ran 13 14 feel like i was kind of cruising along and you know when i saw him like happy up the crowd i got like pumped up too i was like all right we're at a world championship final or a prelim and like the crowd isn't being loud enough so he started doing it and then i kind of kind of joined on in and started doing this with him and just <laughs> I was having fun with it because yeah. I knew like uh, a turnaround and I knew I was going to make the, I was going to qualify for the final at that point. But, uh, you know, just kind of sh- show butt a little bit, but having some with, uh, having fun with the with the crowd in itself too, because, you know, track and field, especially distance running, is kind of hard to like, you know, kind of ha- hype up the crowd during the race, unless you make some big move or anything like that. Uh, but like on the home stretch, that was pretty special. And, uh, just having fun with it. I think that's why I ran so good, to be honest. When we sing you a lot this year, it's like you travel a ton by yourself going to these meets, solo dolo, even I believe when you went over, when you were able to go overseas at world champs, you had, you know, your coach, coach there, Rachel there, your best friend was, I believe your family was there too. your sponsor. Like how much more like confidence did that give you going into going into world championships? Cause I feel like that's, you don't have that normally as you travel to these meets. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a lot of the indoor season, same as the outdoor season. I've been kind of traveling on my own, you know, technically I'm not like affiliated with a, a group or a specific team or don't get to have many, too many people that travel with me. So <laughs> most of it's on my own. And like, actually when I was in Europe, I was by myself for about three weeks, just kind of doing my own thing. But um, I think yeah, it made it more special because, yeah. uh, you know, Eugene, so it's probably it's a lot easier for me to travel within the U.S. domestically. But at the same time, to have, like, my coach there, you know, and then to have Rachel there and Abdi there and then family and then having Hoka and kind of, like, the, the people that I work with at Hoka, it's pretty pretty amazing because um, it just makes me feel like I have a lot of support. And like, I should have support because technically, you know, uh, I feel like I'm as American as anybody else here. But, uh, you know, this is where yeah. I grew up. This is my home. And. I feel like I had some sort of an advantage from just being there racing a lot in college and, you know, racing there professionally, but um, to have a world champs in in the U S and to have that support and family was pretty, pretty special. And it definitely made things uh, a lot more special, but a lot easier because I could just kind of focus within myself, but also have people to, you know, kind of rely on to talk to and just kind of to make me feel better, I guess. And just to hang. Wait, when you're out there, wait, you're 22 still, uh, right? Are you 23? You're 23. Okay. Yeah, I turned 23 in April. Mm-hmm. So you're just traveling around Europe by yourself, doing your thing, racing Diamond League races. Like, bro, was that strange? Like, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, for me right now, if I were to travel to like Europe, I don't I really like Europe. Like, I'm all like, bro, I'll be 
I don't know. I'll be kind of scared. I don't know. Just in case, like, is something going to happen? What do they do here? I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just curious about that. No, yeah. Like, to be honest, I was a little bit hesitant at first because, like, you know, I never traveled uh, to Europe ever before in my life. And it was, like, the second time ever for me to leave the U.S. And um, at first, I was a little bit hesitant. But uh, to be honest, I thought the experience itself was pretty, pretty amazing because, yeah. um, you know, like, how many times do you get to say, yeah, I spent three weeks alone in Europe? By yourself yeah, you know it's not yeah. like i had my boy here or had friends here or had like a type of community or support there you know i was on my own and kind of had to navigate with my life for three weeks and i think that was amazing because you know you learn so much about yourself in those moments of just mm -hmm. you know just being spending that much time alone and honestly uh I, i'll tell everybody to do it because you learn so much from yourself you know what you want and what really matters to you and it also gets to it makes you kind of put yourself out there. You know, I made a lot of friends in yeah. Sweden, but in Norway, but if I didn't put myself out there, then I would have been all alone and never met some cool people that I met in Europe. But the experience is unbelievable. And yeah, it's crazy. Cause I never thought like, yeah, I'll spend three weeks all alone by myself in, in a way. And, you know, you race at these diamond leagues and you meet people, but at the same time, outside of these diamond league races, it's like you're on your own, basically mm -hmm. you're eating dinner on your own, you're training on your own, you're kind of navigating your life. But, uh, it's a good experience because, um, you know, sometimes you have to like the person inside here before, yeah. you, you know, you have to, you have to kind of discover who you really are. And I feel like when I was in Europe, I discovered that. Is there yeah. one thing that like you kind of discovered about yourself just like personally, but like how about you maybe interact with people or something that you, that kind of sticks out when you're over there? Yeah. So I've been making a lot of change changes in my life and, you know, for, um, you know, for a couple months, I didn't feel like I was being myself. And mm -hmm. I kind of had to figure some things out kind of on my own. And to be honest, I didn't like the person who I was becoming, if I'm being honest with you guys. And I feel like I needed some change and change in my life. I needed to change some things up because, um, you know, I, for a while, I felt kind of, kind of, uh, I didn't feel like myself. And in terms of like, not renting, of course, but like just, you know, physically and mentally. Yeah. And I felt like I needed a kind of improve some things and kind of work on things by myself in order to you know be the person who i want to be and be the person that i want to be to help excite people and what i found out about myself is i love investing into other people more than investing myself and sometimes i think for a while i was being a little bit selfish and just kind of worrying about myself more than anything but um i found out that uh if i invest into other more people mm -hmm. it makes me a lot happier and i like the person who i am and just like, you know, investing in some of the guys who who are still on the NE team, who I kind of got them in the right path in the right direction and just giving some advice to the younger people or even just hanging out with the older people. But uh, I found out that if I invest into other people more, it makes me feel a lot more special and uh, better about myself. No, that's that's definitely that's awesome. And I would love to. Yeah, just travel traveling by yourself. I feel like it's cool because like it's all on you like you're saying you get to decide every, and make every single decision yeah. and you can really look back at the decisions you make and be like dude that was me that's what i wanted to do like i've never traveled i'm actually i've never me and joshua neither i've never traveled outside the country i'm about to have my first experience going to france for utmb with hoka which is going to be sick but i even when i was over in uh new york um footwear news awards like the first half i was yeah. with people but like the second half of it like five days i was just by myself in new york this is my second time ever there just walking around 
doing whatever I wanted, like in a big city like that was a super cool. That was a really like cool experience. And I, I know what you mean. Like you feel like you level up a little bit, like in your consciousness, <laughs> but like, do you feel like that was the result? Cause you said you came back from that and you had some of the best <laughs> training right after being in Europe. Do you feel like it was like the result of all the things that just like experience of being in that other country and being by yourself for three weeks? Oh yeah. I feel like I, you know, sometimes a lot of people think it's all physically about running, but it's also kind of mentally. And, yeah. you know, if your life's in order and your life's in check and you're happy, then it's going to relate to your running. And I felt like when I was in Europe, I, um, I feel like I got happier and I learned so much about myself and that kind of correlated to my uh, running because, um, <clears throat> you know, I started investing in, I started working and investing in myself more and started doing things that uh, are going to make me a better person. And I feel like that's like kind of the biggest thing that's, that beats running and that be beats any fast races. And to, for me to, to kind of take care of myself like that first and put myself first in that situation, definitely translate and correlates to, to running in that way. Because, um, you know, if I'm, if you're happy, I feel like if you're happy, you're running, it's going to be good. And, I feel like I was a lot happier when I got to Europe or after I left to Europe and came back to Flagstaff and probably had like some of the craziest workouts I ever done at altitude at 7,000 feet. And like, it felt really good, but at the same time it felt really effortlessly and it was hard, but mm -hmm. I think just my whole entire mindset just shifted and I got super focused and I got kind of dialed in kind of in the right moment to be dialed in. And, um, I just got, confident from the workouts from the running how it felt and how everything felt so easy that kind of it translated to to racing and you know at worlds i was having fun with it i had fun part of the prelim was a lot funner because you know i was showboating and yeah. kind of out in the front taking the lead and kind of doing my own thing and the final is a little bit more stressful because it's, it's more serious and you're trying to be the best you could possibly be but um no that euro trip just changed everything from my from a mindset shift i think i got really excited about running and if you get excited about running, you get, you know, really motivated about running. And that's what I feel like I've got in a game in Europe. Do you feel like in, in I'm sorry, I'm asking a lot of questions, but I was like, no, you're just, good. Keep I was just keep curious, like, <laughs> did it make you feel like more of a professional? Because you graduated college, you were able to go to Tokyo. It was a whole like, you know, ordeal to get there, being a DACA recipient. But like, you not being able to have that experience to travel and then you go over you go against international competition and you're really just you're being an adult like because like your whole life Facts, being huh? being out here in u.s like you high school you ran in the u.s like college you ran in the u.s you're going to all these u.s type meets but you're not getting that you're not getting the full professional experience if you're going out there do you feel like it like kind of shifted that mindset too a little bit Oh yeah, definitely. Like, um, you know, just coming from a college program where the kind of like the coaches and the people that work for the university kind of take care of you. They pick you up from the airport, they drop you off the airport. They have like an itinerary. It's like, all right, this is what we're going to do throughout the day, throughout the schedule, throughout the week. And then they kind of take care of you. So what I discovered is like, you know, first year pro, I'm kind of doing all that to myself. You know, I'm the one who was making that itinerary to myself and just kind of going with the flow. But, uh, no, I feel like I gained a lot of experience from these international racing because, you know, honestly, racing in America, races, race, racing internationally is so much different, mm -hmm. to be honest. And the people, like, I think in America, I could do whatever I want in terms of racing. Like, I could 
you know, cut someone off and they'll let me in. And yeah. like, they like, they're nice, you know, people are nice when I'm racing here in America, you know, a straight single foul line, no one cuts you off. If like, if I want to put myself in the front, that's possible. But what I learned from like these two diamond league races that I race at in Oslo and then in Stockholm, I learned that it's way, way, way more aggressive compared to the US. You know, like people are just so aggressive and people are running outside of lane two, but they're still running fast. It's like a, mm-hmm. it's like a, almost a sub 13 minute race for a 5K, right? But it's tactically a sub 13 minute uh, 5K race, you know, because people are trying to win the race. And when I was in Stockholm, I'm running, yeah, I think I was, I can't, came in came through four minutes at 1600 meters for the 3k split and like i remember this first three or four laps i was just having to like kind of navigate my way and kind of like elbowing a lot of people and just kind of going around people it just it's way more aggressive and just like it's more intense and people people there are just like you know everybody wants to be in the front everybody's trying to get in the best position they could possibly can and in america it's nothing like that people let you cut them off and they're just so nice but internationally in terms of racing yeah it is so so more aggressive which i feel like i gained a lot of experience from in tokyo and then i gained a lot of experience from these two big diamond league races and then it kind of set me up for worlds where i felt confident and i kind of knew how to play the game are you saying that america is soft is, is that what yeah I'm... <laughs> that's what i was trying to say <laughs> honestly like like you have to experience it to like kind of understand what i'm talking about yeah. but like you know i was at Murrow's and uh, this past year Milrose was like kind of stacked on paper but honestly it was probably like the easiest race to kind of get around people and, and kind of move up but but yeah at Oslo and Stockholm was so hard and so aggressive to kind of get around people but like you're trying to get the inside lane but you're constantly just like shoveling someone uh. like in the outside lane and you're trying to get in position and just so so aggressive and just so different and like to be honest what you get in America does not uh, kind of correlate to what you get at, at the world championships. Cause you know, 1310 is still kind of fast, you know, but at the same time, if you look at that race, like people are running in the outside of lane one and lane two, cause they're trying to get in the position and like, you're constantly trying to navigate your way through inside the pack. Yeah. And it's kind of like a, like a chess match or a poker game. You're, you know, you're trying to trying to protect your queen or your king and you're trying to use your pawns and you're trying to not give your best cards right away, but it's more so of like, you know, saving a little bit of energy and trying to navigate your way through. It's just like a whole different experience from racing. From That's because from what, the outside yeah. looking in, I'm all like, bro, like, why is Mo in the back? Like, Mo Med was, like, second to last, like, for the first, like, six laps. But then he maneuvers some way, way up, and then he's in front of you the last hundred. I'm all like, bro, like, but the fact of just being at that international, like, experience, be able to move maneuver through everything, like – y'all are still running like super, super fast. And I feel like that really dialed you in to uh, just running fast. And one thing I wanted to hit on is the fact that like you, you ran 1310, which is what, like a few hundredths of a second off of your uh, PR that you, you ran 1310 last year at the Tokyo Olympics and being able to like perform and run fast at big stages. And this goes back to Aaron, because me and Aaron, we've been having conversations on Two Black Runners and Runner Report, because we big NAU fans. You know, you feel me? We love NAU. But one thing I said about NAU is all like, I said about two years ago, I'm all like, Mike Smith, bro, I need more I need more championships on the track. I need more championships on the track, bro. And then this year, this man, Aaron, he was he was on NAU's head. He was all like, bro, I need, I need Abdi Hamid to win that. I need Mike, I need... But like, when you really think about it, the fact that y'all are constant, because you mentioned it earlier, the fact that y'all are constantly like in position and like being there performing your best 
at these like championships and everything is like like the, i feel like on the track like since since mike smith has get, gotten there nau has gotten better every single and the group in general has gotten better every single year at the championship like running on the track and performing like super well when it matters mo matters most and like like you said before like the group has definitely uh proved that and the fact that you've been able like to pr run your pr at each championship that you've been in is like that's a good streak to have for your first two years as running like a professional you know yeah it's honestly it's pretty amazing because um you know the culture here at NAU, we kind of value to kind of performing when it really matters and that's like at ncaa's you know cross-country champs or indoors or outdoor nationals and we really take a big part in performing when it really matters and i think that's the most important thing because you know you could time trial you could run fast in the early season but at the end of the day it's like people don't look at the results people look at the results at the world championships you know and <clears throat> what i kind of found it like how my past prs have been at NEU is pretty special because you know my last race for college at NEU, i ended up having a pr of 1313 at ncaa's and then you know, a couple months later, I ran at Tokyo and run 1310 and yeah. PR again. And then kind of the same thing for Worlds almost, you know, in PB, but we're pretty close to it. But then still perform my best race, like my best race of the season was at Worlds, which it should be. And that's like the most important, especially for professional uh, runners. It's like, you know, you got the Olympics here and then right underneath the Olympics, you got the world champs, you know. And yeah. those are the part of the two most biggest races that you want to learn how to perform at. And, um, I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, if you look at my championship history now, you know, I ran 13-10, got 12th at the Olympic Games, and then I ran 13-10 again, and I got fourth. And it just shows you, um, you know, that we're consistent and we're not just a hit, one-hit wonder. We're always going to show up when it really matters the most. Yeah, I always stop, stop bang, uh, banging on NAU, bro. Get off. <laughs> hey, I'm just a <laughs> fan, bro. And also, I'll say, I feel like NAU produces, like, the best, like, Mike is really good at developing athletes and I don't feel like athletes leave NAU burnt out. I feel like athletes leave NAU ready to take the next level. Um, you as a great example, Abdi Hamid, there is another great example as well. And going back to what you're saying about international competition, like that sounds super sick. Like that sounds really fun because I think when I think about international racing, it's just like, I don't know you like in the U S it's like, Oh yeah, like that's Luis. I raced him all the all the time in college or whatever. So maybe people are a little like nicer versus like international. You got a bunch of different people that don't even know the same language. The only language they know is like competition, and it's like gold medals. I want to win. That's yeah. And Hillary Bohr said the same thing, and that's why this year he he went overseas like more so to practice being in that type of environment environment too so like that's definitely i think that's super cool that there is and that's something that's not in sprinting like in sprinting everyone's in their own lanes and everything i'm sure like the approach to the race is different but like getting in position is a big part of track and field that like if you're not a distance type of runner like you probably don't you don't notice like how much that matters especially in a in a world championship final yeah, it's unbelievable like how uh, aggressive it is and how different it is from racing domestically versus internationally because, you know, that's just racing, you know. Like a lot of people get mad at Paul Chalimo for, 
you know, doing his thing at USA's and looking back and talking smack during the race, you know, but honestly, yeah. that's like, <laughs> that's what everybody else does uh, overseas. Yeah. And like you said, like, yeah, like no one knows you're racing people that don't know a clue of what language they're speaking or the same language. And all they know is just racing and trying to win. So everybody's in the same situation and it's, it's cool to like get an experience like that because honestly, I don't think I'll have that performance if I didn't go at Worlds. I don't think I would have that performance if I didn't go to Oslo and Stockholm because both of those races, like they're just so different, so tactically like fast, but at the same time, just just so like aggressive. And like I think I owe those two races a lot of um, a lot of credit because I I learned a lot from those races. And you know, it's not like <laughs> like in um, professionally running. Like you only got, at least for me, like I only have one uh, championship race, you know, and that's Worlds or the Olympic Games. And yeah. it's not like I have like my U.S. champs or, you know, Guatemala champs because Guatemala doesn't have a chance. But uh, it's like, yeah, it's like the highlight and it's like the part of the funnest part of the season. It's like, you know, you kind of throw time out the window. Uh, no one's accolades really matter. And it's just about not racing the clock, but it's about racing to win. And I think that kind of matters, matters a lot in, in the sport. And it's just uh, fun kind of like navigating kind of self kind of uh, self working or self uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like just like problem solving within the racing, you know, trying to make these decisions and you're trying yeah. to get around people and like, you're trying to think a lot. You're thinking so much in the race. Cause all right, I have to get around this guy or I have to defend this, this trait or have to like, you know, kind of surge that way people won't pass me or like kind of get me. And there's just a lot of like problem solving in the race. Yeah, I'm also stoked to like, I'm stoked that Abdi Hamid is staying in Flagstaff because like, are we going to see him? Y'all going to be doing these trips together in the future? I know the schedules will be different since he has USA's on that schedule. But are you like anticipating y'all just doing like some cool trips, going to Diamond Leagues or just traveling to Europe and racing? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like I told them, like, <laughs> you know, we're going to be doing every single race together no matter That's what, because the way we had the same coach and we we're kind of yeah. like right around, right. We're like basically the same runner, basically, you know, he's yeah. good at the 1500 and 5k. I know he runs the 10k, but still like we're right at the same level. And then we do like almost every single workout together. And yeah, I think it's gonna be so fun for me and Abdi to kind of just travel overseas and kind of just spend time together, but also like, you know, like go to Europe and just have fun with it, you know, and like, you know, kind of meet new people and just kind of travel. But gain that experience with my boy and just yeah. like, you know, just, you know, have a good time. And, um, yeah, I was talking about, it's like, yeah, man, next year I'm bringing you to Sweden and next year I'm bringing you to Norway. We're going to be in Europe for like two months next summer. And we're going to be just right. doing a lot of stuff. Cause you know, world champs is in Budapest mm -hmm. next year. Oh, so yeah, we're just going to, yeah, yeah. the plan is just to kind of stay out there for next year for a couple months and just kind of, you know, run these big diamond league races, but also just, you know, kind of travel and explore. And I think, uh, the cool thing about professional running is like, I get to kind of live my dream and kind of see throughout, see the world. And, you know, last year I got to go to Tokyo and then this year I got to go to Norway and I went to Sweden. And I think I was pretty, pretty honestly, like probably some of the coolest trips I've ever taken. And yeah, to do that with someone else is even more special because you share those memories and not just be by yourself. I'm, you know, when you're by yourself, it's good for you because you kind of get to know who you are, but at the same time, like it, it always helps to have someone there with you instead of being by yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. I can I can see that for sure. Oh, that's dope. And you said that he runs you guys don't run like the same events. He can run the 10, but like Louise, you can run the 10 too. Like you can jump, <laughs> jump in the 10. Like, why yeah. not? <laughs> nah, nah, not anytime soon. I, I 
I was thinking about it, but uh, to be honest, I think I'm just going to try to stick to the 15, 5K, 3K events and, you know, kind of save the 10K for, you know, later on in my career because I don't want to do everything all at once. And I think I, I'm liking where I'm at. I think the 5K right now is like kind of my sweet spot, you know, yeah. not too long, not too short. And um, yeah, I think, no, I think it's good. I don't know, 10K, like 24 or whatever laps on the track. <laughs> that just sounds like so much work and it just sounds like a, <laughs> it just sounds like a lot to be honest and uh no nah, nah, i could imagine like trying to think for the, like you know in the 5k you, you could you think like you're in your mind so much and you think a lot but mm-hmm. imagine running for like 27 minutes on the track just thinking and oh, i don't know i don't know if i could do it <laughs> <laughs> that's intense bro that's intense yeah i think yeah. i could do it like on the road or cross country but on the track no that's just the whole that's a whole different race and uh, i'm not ready for it yet did um did you feel the midsummer vibes in uh in Sweden? Oh yeah, dude, that was <laughs> amazing. Yeah, I was there and like everybody was telling me like yeah, it's better to be midsummer in a couple of days and people are gonna like oh. celebrate and people are gonna barbecue. I'm like, what is midsummer? So I like started talking to people in Sweden and it's like it's like the biggest holiday of the year. And it's not technically a holiday, but like people celebrate it and they say it's way bigger. It's bigger than Christmas, you know? Wow. Because in Scandinavia, you know. Yeah, in Scandinavia, they have like part like part of the worst winters out there. You know, they their winters are so hard that they celebrate summer. <laughs> you know, but uh, no, it was fun. Like I met some people and kind of celebrated with them in the summer. Like had a barbecue with them and just kind of did my own thing. You know, was swimming a lot in Sweden, which is pretty cool. But uh, you know, I think the, the cool thing about exploring and going to a different country is that you kind of get to meet people and you kind of get to know the locals out there. But at the same time, you kind of understand how they think really differently from people in America and just like they have different um you know attributes and just like the way they the way they do things is a little bit different and it's kind of cool having that like cultural understanding even though if it's from a different country and kind of uh knowing how they do things and how it could be different or pretty similar but it's cool to you know get a different perspective on how people think global citizen bro you're a global citizen <laughs> I'm trying to man I'm trying to see the world but one step at a time, right? <laughs> With that too, being being all that, like you definitely are like inspiration, being out there, fourth place finish, world championships, like that gives you the highest finish ever of any Guatemalan, like at the world championships, which, which is wild. And I think does that, does something like that, being able to be the highest <laughs> finisher ever for a Guatemalan and shooting, I believe for even higher for bronze, silver and gold and all of that, like, is that, does that make it even more special, like, to run with, like, Guatemala, like, across your chest to be, like, that highest finisher and be that stand bear- bearer in a way? Yeah, to be honest, like, um, you know, like, I was shorting a lot this outdoor season. And, you know, I was kind of complaining in my head if, like, I, am I even going to make the final, you know, throughout mm-hmm. where I was in Europe? Because it was really hard for me. And I just couldn't get in a groove. And I was struggling a lot. And, like, you know, running felt hard at the time. But um, no, it's it's unbelievable. It's crazy to like think about. I got fourth in the world, and you know, just like if you look at my outdoor season, like like on paper, it doesn't seem like I will make the. I'll get fourth in the world too with my PVs and just the, the races that I race. But um, it was unbelievable. I, like, to be honest, like I'm, it still comes and goes, and like oh crap, like I got fourth in the world, and sometimes I'm like, how the hell did I get fourth in the world? Like how did this even happen in the first place? And you know, but uh. No, it's just a big, um, you know, I'm like, I know I'm like a really big inspiration for Guatemala, but not just Guatemala, but for kind of like Central America as a whole for distance yeah. running. And 
you know, I could kind of talk and say like, yeah, probably the highest finisher kind of across Central America, at least for the distance events. And that's really big because I, you know, hope to one day go back to Guatemala and kind of just inspire a whole new generation of people in Guatemala because, you know, <clears throat> I think Guatemala can be really good at running in long distance because the, you know, the whole country is at altitude. And if they have the same, like, um, you know, like the U.S. is like so good for like sports when kids are a younger age in middle school, high school. And like if Guatemala has the same resources or kind of like change things and did things differently, then I think they will have like a whole wave of new distance runners. But uh, no, yeah, my plan is to, you know, go back one day and just kind of help inspire a whole generation of new kids. Because like, you know, honestly, yeah, it seemed impossible to, you know, even make the Olympic last year to this year getting fourth in the world is unbelievable. But hopefully one day, like, you know, you know, I'm not a, I, I said this a couple of times, but I'm not an activist, but hopefully like through my running, I could be like kind of like a role model in a way and kind of just inspire and help people as much as I can. And, you know, I know I'm not the biggest person to like kind of speak out and kind of tell them my values and the way I think, but, you know, running can talk a lot for me and, I think I'm gonna keep it for that for a while and then maybe, you know, maybe kind of do more along the roads. But for now, I think it's just, yeah, one step at a time. And then, you know, yeah. my racing gets better and then hopefully that helps out people too. Yeah. I, I feel you. Cause I don't feel like, uh, with two black runners and stuff, I don't feel like we're, I wouldn't say that we're activists either, but I feel like what you're doing is like at least laying down a blueprint for other people that are in a similar situation as you, and like you're saying, just being someone people can look at and be like inspired, but especially all the stuff you, you've had to go through with like DACA and then figuring out ways for you to leave the country and stuff. I definitely think you're laying down something that someone can look at and be like, OK, like I can do that. Or I could follow this. I'd be curious if there's any like uh, any like Guatemalans like that are coming up right now that we need to be on be on the lookout for, too. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think at the um, World Athletics, uh, we had uh, seven athletes in total that qualified, but um, most of them were in the race walk, like in the, you mm -hmm. know, 20K and then 35K. But uh, Guatemala's, uh, like, first Olympic medal ever was in 2012. And, uh, yeah, Eric got uh, second. He got a silver medal in 20 2012. But, yeah, apparently, I don't know, it's kind of funny, but apparently I'm, like, a celebrity out there. And, hey. uh yeah it's, it's funny because like yeah, apparently everybody knows me in guatemala and like kind of like what i've been doing the past year and a half or so and it's funny because like yeah people are always tell me like yeah you're so big like everybody knows you in guatemala i'm like yeah i know but like i never set foot there so like, i don't know what <laughs> what's going to be like when i get there if it's going to be like a whole like celebration or something crazy like that but uh no like i mean they wrote a song about me and like i'm what? always on all the news articles and yeah they wrote a song about me like, last year this. at the olympics you know you yeah, made it when you got a when you're in a song, <laughs> a rap song yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. It was kind of like a you know traditional like Guatemalan like kind of like Murdachi mer kind of type of music, mm -hmm. you know. And it was just kind of cowboy ish. It was it was funny when I when I heard the song because uh, you know it's it's very uh, flattering, I guess, because you know not too many people make a song about about me or about people in general. So it was kind of funny when I saw it. Yeah, that's that's crazy. You gotta look that up, Joshua. No, for sure, definitely. Yeah, gotta make a reel out of that or something. <laughs> yeah, I think too. Like what I was gonna say is like I think visually, like you, 
when you just watch the race, especially like the world championships, like just seeing you visually like in the race, like inspires because like there's 15 people on the line though. that we have about like um, probably about 10 East Africans. We got, uh, or maybe even 12 East Africans. We have uh, a Norwegian, uh, Grant Fisher, who's white, Mark Scott, who's white and the German that's in uh, Sam Parsons. And then we have one Hispanic dude chasing everybody Taking everyone and getting down place like I don't, I don't know like to me like that's that's powerful to like be like that is be that like hispanic guy that's that out of 15 you know like in that race like it's something that's not seen like every single day does that ever like do you ever think about that as well just being on the line and just like what the like nobody looks like me in a way yeah i mean i used to think a lot a lot like that when I was in college because it was just a little bit different, you know, like you yeah. look at around your teammates and the majority of them are all like kind of the same color, you know, but um, yeah, it's just different because like, you know, as a minority, you kind of stand out more than most people, but um, you know, worlds is a little bit different because, you know, like it's kind of cool to like kind of see that diversity to mm -hmm. have from all over the world. And like, you know, I know East Africa kind of main, mainly dominates the distance events, but yeah, to be like, the only Hispanic or Central American at the long distance events to kind of do what I did at there was pretty amazing because <clears throat> I could definitely tell like after the the prelim at Worlds like just being the athlete village like all the Spanish speaking countries from people from like South America to Central America were all, like wanted to like say hey man you did a really good job like dabbing me up and just yeah, shaking yeah. hands like hey man you're such an inspiration like from Venezuela Venezuela like from Brazil from like Argentina from Chile, like all these spanish-speaking countries and um they just like you know they take notice and like you know i know if i was a little kid and like someone who really inspired me when i was a lot younger was kind of like leo manzano mm -hmm. and you know just because like you know for him to be like a latin american being hispanic uh it's a it's a big inspiration because you know like all right if he could do it then i could do it he, if we could come from like a similar background of him being hispanic and like me too like it gives me hope and gives me inspiration and definitely like when I was growing up he was like probably one of my favorite runners but just because he kind of in a way like looked like me if that yeah. makes sense and I got inspired uh, from him and hopefully I'm inspiring people that look just like me because you know hopefully they get motivated and inspired by by me in that way I don't know maybe one mm -hmm. day they could be in the same situation that I'm in but like you said yeah like I think I was the only like expand Hispanic yeah, Hispanic runner at the, at the final. Mm -hmm. No, like you said, that's that's just powerful what you just said. Like Leo Manzano gets the silver medal, inspires you, and now you're doing your thing for Guatemala, inspiring people. And then it's gonna be there's gonna be someone else. They're gonna talk about Luis yeah. and getting. Not, I, I'm gonna say they're talking. But they're gonna talk about Luis getting the medal. They're gonna <laughs> talk about that fourth place, and they're gonna talk about the whole story because you just have a crazy story from start to finish from tokyo well, to world the story just starting that's the yeah thing. to whatever's yeah. next so that's what's that's that's really cool and that and that you're both at hoka as well like you know you can't you can't say representation we always talk about representation but really like that's a part of your story so that's that's powerful yeah i mean it's only uh it's just starting to you know i'm like i just turned 23 a couple months ago and like yeah. you, know, you know running is the type of this long distance running it's like the type of career where you know, I can still PR when I'm like 33 or 34 years old if I'm running 
if I'm healthy and all. But uh, be in the yeah, 10K by then. <laughs> yeah, maybe 10K <laughs> by then. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess you never know, you know. And like, yeah, just um, yeah, it's, it's just pretty special. But uh, I, I'm excited about it, and like, I know the next couple of years, coming years, are going to be really big. And you know, like you guys said, it's kind of just like the start of my running career. It's like kind of like in a way, like this is my rookie year and I still have so much more that I can improve on myself and improve my running a lot and my capability. And I'm just like starting to scratch the surface and trying to, now I'm realizing what I can do. And now I'm getting inspired, but I'm also getting a lot of confidence within myself knowing that, all right, just because there's a world record holder here or just because there are three gold Olympic medalists, like everybody got here the same way I did. And it just starts with a, a small little dream that becomes a reality. And you start realizing like, oh, yeah, this is possible. Because to be honest, like, yeah, you tell me uh, like seven weeks before Worlds, if I can make the final, I'll probably tell you no. But <laughs> yeah, it just, it's crazy. Like, I don't know how much, yeah. like if you keep dreaming, like it's just amazing what you could do. One more thing about World Championships was the fact of I feel like you have really good rapport from like the people surrounding you as well. Like a lot of encouragement and just respect from the athletes. Like I was talking to Mohamed afterwards in the mix zone i don't know if you've seen this i never got to post this clip but they may have seen it from like a different interview but i was just talking to the fact of like after the race like he went up to you like he like that like he slapped your hand hard bro i seen him i was like dang man like bro, why you slapped <laughs> so like, he was hyped though he was hyped and he was just saying that like your ability to be able just to roam the world is super impactful and he said the quote that he said from the when I was interviewing him as well, he's like, and I'm excited that you said the thing about Brussels that Mo said exactly to me. He said he should go over to Europe, maybe Brussels, hopefully try to get sub 13 or something like that. But he doesn't have that kind of opportunity because of status and he asked permission several months in advance. And he was just saying, like he said, straight up, it's effed up. Like that's what he said, just that whole situation. But it seems every single person that came through that they were talked about when they brought up your situation, like they were the encouragement and the respect and everything is like there. Like, how does it feel to be able to have that from like your fellow competitors that they're encouraging to and other people are always like encouraging and trying, like trying to help you as well get to that next level as you help them get to the next level. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, flattering and encouraging because, you know, especially someone like Mo, you know, who's been at the top for since like 2016, I, I think, and maybe 2015. But just to, for him to be consistent and always have, like, a put-in finish, if not be, like, top five in the world is pretty special. And coming from a guy from, like, him who's been kind of through it all from all ends of his career means a lot. But, um, no, it's a uh, – yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's inspiring, too, because, like, I think they, like, kind of understand where I'm coming from and kind of have, like – I have a lot of disadvantages, you know, because, like, to be honest, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go to Brussels and I'm in the best shape of my life, you know? Yeah. And I might not have the opportunity because I still don't know if I'll be able to travel, you know, and I won't yeah. find out until really close to my flight, you know, you know, when I was in Tokyo, I didn't find out until two days before my flight took off. And then when I went to Sweden and Norway, like we started the process in March and I didn't find out I was going to get the, I didn't, I didn't find out I was going to be able to go until June 2nd and I left June 9th. And it's just like a, the process suck and it sucks, but, um, no, I think they understand where I'm coming from. And I think they're kind of rooting for me in a way, too, because, like, they want me to have the same uh, opportunities that they have. That way, you know, I can reach my fully potential. And I feel like I'm just starting to get some momentum, too, this summer. And, like, I feel like I'm in 
probably the best shape of my life ever. And I feel like I'm, you know, really confident in my running ability right now, but also at the same time, like I'm having so much fun with it. And, you know, like, you know, I can go to Brussels and try to go under sub 13 and, but I might not have that opportunity, you know, just because of my whole situation with DACA, but, you know, hopefully I can, you know, my story kind of reaches more awareness for uh, dreamers and DACA and, you know, <laughs> you know, like, to be honest, like a lot of my friends didn't know what DACA was until I went to the Olympics last year. Mm-hmm. And then it's still, I'm still telling them some of them like, yeah, what, what it really means. And kind of like, this is what I can do. And this is what I can do. And kind of like, this is the disadvantages I have. And, this is like what I can, I can do, but I cannot do But in some ways it's really hard, but sometimes, you know, like I always got to tell myself, like, you know, sometimes some people have it worse and, you know, I'm very fortunate to be in a situation where I, I can still live uh, legally in the U S but also I can still be able to travel sometimes. Yeah. That's a lot, man. That's a lot to deal with. And I, I know always... it sounds like, like a big negative or disadvantage, but sometimes I don't look at it that way. You know, sometimes like, all right, this is, you know, everybody's in their own path and their own um, path in life. But for me, like, you know, I don't try to think about it too much. And like, I know people say like, oh, I'm so sorry for you. I'm sorry you're in this effed up situation. But to be honest, I don't look at it that way. And, you know, I always try to be like pretty positive and try to be super happy. But I don't try to be like negative And, you know, I try to, you know, kind of look at the positives more than the negatives, to be honest. How do you how do you look at it? What you say is it because it's just like it's yeah, it's just something you're going to have to deal with right now. Like, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know how long it's going to be like that. It could be forever. Maybe something changes from what you're doing. But how do you really look at something like that? You know, like there's only so much I can do as an athlete, as a person and. You know, it's not like I get a picket sign and go to the White House and be like, hey, change this law. You know, I can't yeah. do that. <laughs> you know, I could, but, it's, you know, the chances of it making change is going to be yeah. really hard. But, you know, for me, I got to understand, like, you know, take it year by year. And you never know, like, maybe one year they can decide. So, like, all right, we're going to try to gain access for people who are dreamers to have access to citizenship. And then maybe one year they'll be like, hey, maybe we're going to disband this program. You know, because honestly, the only way I can gain citizenship is if I, if the government changes the law or unless I get married to an American woman. But for now, like I, I just got to be like grateful and lucky for the situation I'm in. You know, I got to go to Tokyo last year. I got to go to Norway and Sweden this past year or this, uh, in the summertime. And there's a chance I might go to Belgium and, you know, like I, this is my home. The U S is my home and I'm out here to stay legally. So that thing that, that matters a lot too. And I'm not just, you know, scared for my life. I'm going to get deported or not. I'm going to, I'm allowed to stay here. I'm allowed to do, anything an American can do, except I can't apply for a green card or I can't leave the U.S. without a special uh, request. Make it lemons out of lemonade. Exactly. People have it worse, though. That's always tell myself, you know. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that, that's, it's crazy. It's a crazy situation, but you definitely definitely overcame it and lift the positive side. And looking at just your first season being as like a full-time pro, I'm kind of just looking at like your races from last year. Like in 2021, you raced 15 times. And this year, like you race 12 and I often, I often feel like a lot of times, like people, when they try and figure out like their schedule, like they end up racing like a little bit less. We raced about three races less this year. You may have one more race still, but like race a little bit less and just like the transition isn't as smooth as them and just trying to get used to like being a professional. And we kind of talked this earlier of you just like you becoming a professional, I feel like also turned you into like you did more more of an adult you did more adult team like this year than ever before you know but just like 
how did the transition from like training really affect you going from like 15 races, maybe a little bit less, but you kind of, it seemed like you mimicked a lot that you did during the college season. I, I would feel like. Yeah. I didn't even know I raced that much time, uh, raced that much last year or even this year, but uh, no, I think it's just different. Like, you know, professional running and it's just so much different from what it, it is in, in civil a because in civil a you got to, focus and worry about like being in a peak fitness in november for cross country and then you have that tiny little indoor season and you're trying to be good in march and then you're trying to be good in in june again and trying to do it do it the same all over again what i what i understand is from being a professional athlete you kind of got to look at, at the fall kind of like your summer like summer mileage you know you're just hitting mileage not doing anything too crazy not doing anything too hard everything's pretty easy in the fall and then Maybe you race two or three times during the indoor season. And you just kind of, kind of get your nose, get your feet kind of wet, and just kind of like <laughs> see how it goes. See if you like try to run fast off of like kind of like strength, strength work from from the fall to the to these indoor races, and then kind of the summertime. Like so, the the collegiate season ends in June, right? Mm -hmm. But the pro season doesn't end until September. You know, so that's why you get you always get these college kids running fast like in April, May, and June. And everybody's like, all right, where are the pros at? Like, how come none of them are running fast? But the pros are trying to peak for Worlds or the Olympic Games. But in all honesty, you're trying to try to go all the way out until until the end of September, basically, sometimes. And it's just like a whole different process, you know? Like, you don't have that many major championships, you know? For me, in my situation, I only have the I only have Worlds as my big major championships. I don't have a European champs or the U.S. champs or anything like that. So that's that's really the main focus of the year. But, um, no, it's just so different. Like, you know, like, um, like you're not racing as much, I think. And I think last year I didn't race as much because, you know, I didn't have an indoor season because of COVID. And then yeah. we did cross country in March. And then I raced a couple of times outdoor. But, yeah, it's just, it's just different. And, like, what I found out my first year of being professional is, like, kind of stay in your lane. Don't worry about what other people are doing because it's so easy to get caught up and so, like, what admitting other different athletes are doing or pros are doing, you know, like this past year, like in Boston where uh, like people ran a really fast 5k, I was like, dang, I should have been in that race. But I know if I stay in my path and not worry about other people, then I'll be fine. And if I stay in my lane, I don't need to worry about anybody else, but it's just so, so different. Like, yeah, you're trying to, you're trying to, you're trying to be good in, in July, August, September. You're not trying to be good in April, May and June, basically. Is there, that is, there makes any, sense. is there any difference between Mike Smith, the the college coach, and Mike Smith, the pro coach? Like, is he a little bit tougher or expect more out of you now? It's like, hey, bro, you you got your degree. You're grown <laughs> up. Like, come on, man. You yeah, got to be running faster in these 400s. Like, come on, Luis. You a pro. <laughs> not To be honest, not so much in the, in, in, in the running terms or, like, workouts or anything too crazy like that. But it's more so of, like, our relationship has definitely grown since college, you know? You know, I think it's different when you're a college kid and you're, you know, it's double A coach and you have to like follow all these rules and whatnot. But I think it's just uh, our relationship definitely has grown this past year. But he also gives me like a lot of freedom. You know, I mm -hmm. think we meet three or four times throughout the week mm -hmm. and I get to decide, you know, when and when I want to meet. But also I get to run with anybody who I want in Flagstaff and in Flagstaff there's so many runners and I get to, you know, I don't need to be somewhere specifically at every single day. You know, I got, I get, I get that freedom that he allows me to have to kind of do my own thing. And he's kind of a little bit more lenient. And, you know, I'm 23 years old, you know, I'm practically 
<laughs> I am an adult, man. technically. I'm a grown man, basically. <laughs> but he gives me that freedom and that kind of like leverage of kind of deciding what I want to do. And I told him like, hey, can I go to California for a couple of weeks? So, yep, go to California for a couple of weeks. But in college, I could never do that because I'm in the yeah. collegiate chess NCAA system. But professional running, it's like he understands that you're a human and that you go through a lot of things. And he always tries to kind of put you first in terms of your um, – like kind of my, my mindset and kind of uh, mentally, but uh, no, he's good, man. He's like, he's done a lot for me and I owe him like a lot of credit for this past year. Cause no, honestly, like, yeah, at the same time I'm doing all the mileage and I'm doing all these hard workouts, but he's kind of like the, like, you know, he's kind of like the, I'm the canvas and he's like the painter and, you know, he's like the, he's the one that writes the whole workouts and just, it's crazy. But like, to be honest, I don't even think of Coach Smith as a as a coach. You know, but when I think about Coach Smith, I think of him. He's a, a really good human being, trying to make you a better person, and just like he's always there with you, and he's always going to be there and have your back no matter what. And yeah, our relationship's grown a lot, but it's it's just different in a way. You know, we're more. Yeah, it's, I think it's more personal than what we were from college to now. Damn, I think that if we would have had Luis on. A couple months earlier, and say that the young twins would have went to NAU, bro. <laughs> yeah, Sean McGordy gave his pitch right there. That's just that sounds like I, I want to run for NAU right now. Like, See, I right, just... right, right, right. <laughs> people people don't go to NAU just because they want to be the fastest runners. I mean, yeah, you could be fast, but in all honesty, I didn't go to NAU because I thought Coach Smith was going to make me the fastest runner. I went to NAU because I felt like Coach Smith was going to be be there for me all the time and it's going to make me a better person and help me grow up in a, in a way. And I think the way he kind of structures his program is like he gives uh, athletes a lot of uh, kind of, he teaches you how to grow up. And when you're 18 years old, you know, coming, being away from home from the first time ever, you learn so much about yourself and you kind of, kind of guides you in the right path, if that makes sense. But now nah, to the youngs, I mean, you want to go to Stanford and whatever, be on a boring team that um, constantly <laughs> stress about homework and, you know, you know, one time it was at regionals, right? I'm walking past this tent by the Stanford tent. This is in May. And they're like doing homework at regionals. I'm like, whoa, what Damn. are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, Why are you like that, bro? He said, I'm boring <laughs> deep. <laughs> no, I ain't trying to nah, do homework. I, I'm, I'm not trying to do homework. I'm not homework. trying to do homework at a race. But at any of you, we know how to have fun. Yeah. At any of you, we know how to have fun. But at the same time, we, we know when to get serious, when it really matters the most. And you know, Flagstaff, the location itself is amazing. You got the mountains, you got all these beautiful trails. And yeah, it's, it's, it's unbelievable here. And like the community here is probably, probably, probably one of the most important things. And you get that community from a sense from like all these pros in town and all the runners and like everybody collaborates and everybody just knows each other. And it's cool to have that support around your community. And, and especially with like, you know, Mike lets everybody use the track and you know, it's, it's cool to have that support system all around and people kind of understand where you're doing and what, what things are happening. So, mm -hmm. but let's be truthful, Louise. Like when, when was that? Like August, August 8th, no, like August 2nd, you know, the news came in, Leon Lex going to Stanford. Flagstaff <laughs> was devastated, huh? Flagstaff was like, dang it, dang it. No, <laughs> yo, the whole community was like, no. That's yeah crazy. that's like big that's big news but good luck to them man it's gonna be crazy yeah i think they're gonna do really well at stanford but at the same time yeah it kind of sucks that they left and you know they could have been part of something really special but at the same time and like you know they got to stick to what they want to do in their life and 
<clears throat> you know, but I think they're going to miss out. And they're maybe a couple years in now when they get to Stanford, they're like, oh, crap, I should have should have went to NEU because, like, they're having so much fun. And, you know, I always get a lot of DMs when I was in college, like, hey, is there anywhere I could – you could talk talk to me about – is there anywhere you put a good word for me for Coach Smith? Because I see it all the time because people see it from an outside perspective and, like, they see, like, what our team does at NEU and how the team culture is. It's like – we have so much fun with it and like we're really good too. And I think people get jealous sometimes. Man, honestly though, y'all going to be fine. Like, yeah, we got, I think they're going to be fine. I mean, they got, you know, Colin, Nico still staying. You got Drew Bosley, Brody. Yeah. They're, 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 yeah, they're good right now. And yeah, yeah they, they're going to win another NCAA title this November. And yeah, they're going to be fine. To be honest, they don't, <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't need them. <laughs> but nah, just put, it on, it. put it down he said that they're gonna win this year y'all heard it here first hey nah, man, he's, a, I, he's a lumberjack bro he's, he's I, love it. Squad. I love it I love support it. your squad i love it yeah I, i'm a i'm an nau stand too though when it comes to cross country i'm definitely rooting for nau unless you it, well i have to say louise if if ucla starts going off like i may have to switch them. <laughs> like you know no, california no you know you I, I totally understand where you're coming from <laughs> You were talking about earlier too. I guess we're onto the closeout ones, but I wanted to ask you too. Are you you're a big nature guy? You're talking about like you like going on hikes and stuff. Is that what you really do? Like when yeah. you don't have to run? Yeah, I mean I love doing that type of stuff, but I don't get to do it too often just because like, you know, especially if you're running a lot and you're kind of in the middle of the season, like are the best thing for recovery is not to kind of go out. But uh yesterday we actually ended up going to the or it was two days ago. We uh, I ended up going to the end of the world or edge of the world in Flagstaff, and it's like a pretty sick like out, like just really cool like nature spot in Flagstaff, and it's amazing. It's like probably like an hour drive from here from Flagstaff, but it's unbelievable. But no, this summer I have a lot of plans. Like there's this, a couple hikes that I want to do in the Grand Canyon, and then I kind of want to explore a little bit of Moab this summer, and then kind of go back to Northern California. And there's some really good spots there too that I want to be exploring, but. Yeah, I think I find uh, I, I'm really at peace and I feel like I'm really like, you know, really enjoying the moment when I'm in nature. And when I'm in nature, it just feels like unbelievable. And I just take a lot of gratitude for where I'm at currently and just like kind of soak it in and just take it all in. And yeah, it makes me it makes me happy and it makes me feel like that it makes me want to explore the world more and do all these cool things. But yeah, this uh, this summer, I already have a couple plans. If my season ends in September, I already I kind of got a whole layout of what I'm going to do. Do you have a national parks like bucket list or anything like that? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I've been to all of them except for Yellowstone, I think. Oh, dang. And, yeah, I haven't been. Yeah, Yellowstone's probably the only one I haven't been to. I've been to Moab, been to Yosemite, kind of all the big big ones, kind of Sequoia National Park and the Redwoods and whatnot. But um, yeah, I'm still thinking about Yosemite. Uh, not Yosemite, Yellowstone, but I think it's a little bit further away from what I'm trying to do. But uh, yeah. we'll see, you know, maybe in the future I could do that. But for now, I think I'm just going to, you know, stick with it from what I know. And then, yeah, especially in Northern California, it's, it's amazing out there. I can't wait to go back. Yeah, I need to go to more national parks. We went to Zion. What? That was a while ago now. We went to Zion like National 17. Park. Like, like six, yeah, like six, seven years ago. We've been trying to plan to go to like uh, Yosemite or something, but it's just never happened. But you gotta do it. The, yeah. the, the what do you call the the dome or the wall, or whatever the half dome. The half dome, yeah, yeah. Oh, something like that, yeah. Yeah, There's... that's amazing. The waterfalls there are pretty crazy. 
what's the other one in montana not yellowstone but there's another one in montana like everybody says it's like amazing oh uh, i forgot the name of it uh, but i know you i, I forget remember. but that I'll one's cool too yeah but uh i had another question for you louise before we close out because like i think it's just kind of funny to say obviously let's say you and obdi helmet are starring in like a buddy cop not a buddy cop movie but like a buddy movie you know like Step Brothers, the other guys or uh oh there's another <laughs> one i was thinking of or well Step Brothers or the other guys something like that <laughs> what would the movie name or tv be? show there's tv shows like or Scrubs. tv show maybe Kind of like a like Rush Hour, like like Jackie Chan and yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah like Rush Hour. Yeah. What, what, what would <laughs> you guys' movie name be? Uh, where a new movie movie name would be uh, movie title. There you go. It's yeah. hard. I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, we got nicknames, but uh, I feel like for a title, I feel like it has to be something pretty uh, pretty funny that kind of talks about personalities, but people know what we're talking about. But um, I'm stuck to be honest. I'm trying to think right now. Maybe uh <laughs> let me give you a location to try, I mean, let's try and let yeah. me give you the story is we, like we, we try to we we have a nickname for our team or okay. unofficial team but it's a uh, death row records death row records yeah you know what i'm talking about from like, yeah yeah we know so you're about to drop so y'all about to drop an album that's what i'm hearing exactly you know <laughs> i'm just curious who's p diddy in this situation who's uh uh, what's no, Suge Knight. Suge Knight. Suge Knight. Suge Knight is yeah. Mike Smith. Yeah, no. Suge Knight is Mike Smith because you know Suge Knight does all the dirty work, so we'll leave all the dirty work for for Mike. And, and then uh, are you? Dre yeah. who, are someone? Dre? I'll, I'll be Snoop. I'll You're be Snoop? Snoop. Yeah, I got the long hair, makes sense. And then you know, Abdi's Tupac, but you know he's dead. I don't know that <laughs> changes anything, but <laughs> yeah. No, so we're, we're, our album's gonna come out pretty soon, and you know, stay tuned. <laughs> Like who is Bad Boy Records? Like you know when like Suge Knight's up there, you have your producer all up in your videos and everything. That's what I'm curious about. Who's <laughs> who's the rival group? But you don't need to. Who's the rival group? Oh, release that information. You know, if you look at all the America's distance running things, we basically beat them all at Worlds, in a way. I would say right? no. You no y'all y'all did get yeah yeah no yeah, yeah right. I yeah. feel like you're you all yours rivals. I'm gonna I'm gonna make this. <laughs> your rivals is Cooper and Cole because they're the other like best friend, and and they're in Oregon. Y'all are in yeah. NAU. That's all I can see is like the other. They're the other two beloved pair right now. Okay. I feel like yeah. I can see that. That makes sense, but you know, y'all beat look them, at our though. worlds. Yeah, we beat him. Look at our world performance, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just joking, but... <laughs> hey, it's facts. It's, it's, facts good, it's good to talk some smack every once in a while, you know? For, like, next next year, next indoor season, because I only raced Cooper once last year. And it's funny because... Um, or this past year. I think we raced the first race. It was at Milrose. And after that, we didn't see each other at all for the entire season. Because I did the 5K at Worlds, and you ended up doing the 1500. And, yeah, he was just, like kind of different on a different timeline than I was and yeah I didn't race yeah it's crazy to think because like me and Cooper we've been racing since we were sophomores in high school and that we is, used to race each other crazy. every yeah. single weekend in high school and then a little bit so often in college to now we're both professional but yeah we only raced one one time this past year but it's cool it's, it's cool to have that 
yeah, yeah like same like area. well he's more bay are you like a little hot you're more norcal he's like more bay yeah area. so I, i'm still in the bay fairfield's okay, still in okay. the bay area but uh he's like more in, into the bay like i'm kind of like the out the last city to be in the bay area and he's kind of more like right in the bay basically yeah that's pretty insane. That's pretty well, insane. Hey, Defo hey. Records got to talk smack sometimes. You know, <laughs> Defo oh, Records. It's Defo <laughs> Records, man. We, we, y'all listen to hit it up, hit him up. You know, hit him up. The first couple of lyrics of that the song. <laughs> Yo. Another Yo, question fuck. too. We always have to ask somebody because we don't know who to get onto the podcast. Sometimes, who should we have next to come on? Two Black Runners. Who would be a good guest to come on? It could be Try anybody. to. Think it'd be anybody. Do you guys ever have Mike Smith? We haven't had, oh, we Mike, haven't had Smith. Mike Smith. That would be cool. I think you guys have a lot. That will complete I, I could the put trio. In a good, that be, yeah, that would be a really good. Uh, that would be a really good podcast. He'll be uh, he'll be funny and he'll have like a lot of insight. But at the same time, like he's uh, he's really good at talking and like everybody loves hearing his voice and yeah, you know, clickbait like Mike Smith. You know, everybody would love that. <laughs> but yeah, if you guys to get him on the pod, that would be really big and. I yeah, mean, I would be. We'd have to get him soon. I'm guessing. I have one year eligibility left too, so you know. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna be soon. locked in. He's trying to be he's locked in be, for the season. He's gonna be locked in for the for the cross country season. But I'm trying to think who else. I mean, yes, get the coffee club with their entire team, but I don't know. We haven't had them. We haven't had no. any of them. We should do a collab episode. There you go, a collab episode. That would be dope if we were out. I, I think it'd be dope if we were out. We should there go to too. Boulder and yeah, do that'd it. be fun. Yeah. That could be pretty lit. But it's Mike man. Smith, I would love to have Mike Smith either now or after they win the national championship. <laughs> exactly. That'd be crazy. I think that's I think that's that's all we got. Aaron, you got anything else before we get out of here, bro? No, as always, thank you. Thank you, Luis, for coming on. Fun conversation. A lot of gems. Happy to hear you're grown. You seem like very, very <laughs> mature this year. Grew a lot. So it grew yeah. a lot, you know. Went from a little college kid to Growing up in a way, and I feel like I've, uh, you know, made a lot of improvements in my life, which is really good, and been working on myself, and I feel like I, uh, yeah, done a lot of good things for myself. But also, like, kind of on the side of note, I, uh, I started, I think one of the cool things where I feel like I worked on myself a lot was I started journaling a lot, and nice. like this past year, I have like a whole book, where <laughs> yeah. I started journaling, kind of like April, May, and I have like a whole book, like not a whole book, but like a book that's pretty filled up, but. No, yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun talking to you guys. The intro is always, always amazing. And yeah, you guys are always cool to speak to. And, you know, coming from California, you know, we've got that California connection. So Swag. anytime. Mm -hmm. hey, California love. We appreciate you, Louise. Appreciate all y'all tuning in, listening to us, watching on YouTube, all of that. We'll see y'all next week on Two Black Tuesday. Let's get it.